1: everyone, welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. This is sort of a morning after bit I'm kind of doing, uh, reviewing the games. I don't know if I'll do this every week, but I did want to do this uh, this morning just because I felt like last night we were all mad on the podcast for for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most productive conversation at points. So, you know, we were all just kind of letting it out. But uh, I did want to get to some of the bigger points to talk about in reference to this Chargers-Chiefs game and, and everything that went down last night. So that's why I did want to uh, kind of record this video uh, and get this show uh, on the road here. I did want to talk about the, the main big storyline for me last night, which um, is kind of, you know, I mean, obviously we could talk about Justin Herbert and, and how long he'll be out for. That's going to be very important. But in terms of things that determined the outcome from last night, um, I do think we have to talk about the Brandon Staley decision-making. Uh, and then in his press conference, we we heard a lot of the same stuff that we kind of heard in week one. Uh, obviously, it, it didn't affect us quite as much in that game because when the Chargers did play conservative in week one, it worked out for them and they got the win over the Raiders. Um, but they punted on fourth and short in Chiefs territory on a number of occasions. Obviously, there was the first drive where they take the field goal, which I actually didn't think was that bad of a decision. Um, But ultimately, the Chargers played a much less aggressive game than they played uh, against the Chiefs last season and, of course, against the Raiders uh, in the final week of last year too. So um, there is an aspect of this to me where we're talking about uh, a phase shift for Brandon Staley after, obviously, he was very unremorseful in terms of his decision making last year right it was very much a process over results thing sure we didn't get that fourth down but you know the model said to go for it right and now I- ignoring what a few of the models said last night in terms of the fact that Brandon Staley should have gone for it we've now seen two games in a row particularly last night against patrick mahomes where brandon staley's played a conservative and obviously in his postgame presser uh, had a couple points uh, or a couple punts from chiefs territory he said that they were trying to flip the field uh, he trusted the way the defense was playing and he wanted to pin them back Um i don't have to say much to say that this is just not the Brandon Staley approach that we saw in 2021 um, i don't know if that's in response to the media criticizing him after the raiders game last year i don't know uh if it really just is trusting the defense more, but on some level, you have Justin Herbert, you're in Arrowhead Stadium. A couple of those a lot of those decisions too happened prior to Justin Herbert getting injured the way he did, unfortunately. Um, and still Brandon Staley kind of just decided to uh you know put it in the hands of JK Scott on one too many occasions, in in my opinion. And so um yeah, I I do want to get I do want Staley to Coming up here, get back to that fourth down aggressiveness. Now, again, you're going to be playing the Jaguars and the Texans. Again, I I don't think any of these opponents are opponents you should underestimate. But I can understand trusting your defense a little bit more in those games against those teams than I can, you know, trusting your defense over Justin Herbert in a week where you're playing Patrick Mahomes in a big rivalry game in Arrowhead. Um, And so just a lot of confusing offensive decisions last night. Uh, the Chargers, as far as their like route trees and concepts under Joe Lombardi as well, just weren't very creative. They just sort of kept running the same mesh hitch concepts uh, for a lot of the game. So, you know, I-, I think while the overall offensive numbers kind of ended up being OK for the Chargers, they were pretty uninventive in some of those scenarios. And you just wish that maybe once or twice they went for it on fourth down when they didn't in hopes of, you know, finding some momentum or getting a big play to DeAndre Carter, getting a big conversion with Austin Eckler, a QB sneak by Herbert, whatever it might have been. Um, and the Chargers just kind of, you know, punted on a lot of those opportunities last night, both figuratively and literally. So um, got to say, I'm pretty disappointed with the coaching staff when it comes to the fourth down decisions last night, uh, especially after, you know, how much Brandon Staley has has defended his thought process When it comes to those um, types of types of issues on the team. So that I thought was pretty underwhelming last night. Uh, I did want to get to some snap count talk um, just because we didn't have these numbers in front of us last night when we did the show. But I thought they were worth talking about anyway, just because I think they're kind of interesting to to dive into here. So the one that sticks out to me on offense personally is that of Jalen Guyton. Uh, Jalen Guyton played eight snaps last night for 11% of the 75 Chargers offensive snaps. Um, It goes without saying that this is a Chargers wide receiver group that doesn't have a lot of speed, right? Right. DeAndre Carter is their fastest uh, receiver, right? I mean, whether you're talking about a wide receiver, a running back, or a tight end, even when Keenan Allen's healthy, he's a route-running technician, DeAndre Carter's now their fastest guy that they're actually playing. Uh, He played 65% of the snaps last night. Uh, Josh Palmer, 91. Mike Williams, 88. And um, Jalen Guyton, 11% on eight snaps. So I just don't understand the thought process here, especially when you need big plays against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is a regime that cut Tyron Johnson. This is a a regime that's now phasing out Jalen Guyton. And this is a regime that drafted Josh Palmer and, you know, the, the fastest player on the team right now is 30-year-old DeAndre Carter, who is ultimately a rental from the Washington Commanders. Um, I just don't understand not giving a player like Jalen Guyton uh, more, more snaps, more respect and more usage, especially after his season last year where I felt like he got a lot better. Um, at some of the things he did with Tyron Johnson in 2020 so it's just weird to you know see the Chargers continuously kind of like try to get the big play and then do things in their offense like not play Jalen Guyton more that you know really prevent them from opening things up and and make them play more of a dink and dunk game uh, against the Chiefs so that part of it was weird um, aside from that, I guess there's not too much weird stuff on offense. Uh, the, the Josh Palmer stuff, I'll get to that later when we talk about some of the PFF grades. Um, I, I did think the running back usage was just kind of weird and has been these first two weeks. Maybe the Chargers really are aiming for a running back by committee type scenario. But, you know, last week you had 49% snaps for Austin Eckler. This week he's up to 63 but that's still pretty low, um, and he, the other 37% is made up by Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle. Um, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that we just haven't seen more production from Austin Eckler this year and more usage from him. I thought the Chargers would lean a bit more heavily on him than they have to this point. So um, that is a little bit surprising to me on the offensive end. And then when it comes to Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle, I guess I'm not terribly surprised that they're playing uh, sonny michelle that much but then like why is isaiah spiller inactive um i don't know why they favor sonny michelle oh, so much at this point over uh, a healthy isaiah spiller that's something i'd like to more, know more about maybe it's just a matchup dependent type situation from week to week um but i i don't really understand at this point why they feel that that's the option, especially after how Sony Michelle's played the first two weeks, which has been pretty mediocre at best at this point. Not a whole lot to point out on the defensive side of the ball in terms of snap count. Um, no, I, I think everyone is pretty much as expected on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, nothing that really stands out over here. Um, obviously, JC Jackson back in the fold, he ends up playing 100% of the snaps. You know, we'll get to how he played those snaps later, uh, in some respects. But overall, uh pretty solid game in terms of how the defense was divvied out uh snaps wise. And I don't really have too many criticisms over here. Um, overall the defense played a really great game. Um, and I I don't think it should be understated now just because they lost, right? And and the results obviously, you know, speak for themselves, but they allowed 27 to a Chiefs team, and really they allowed 20 because of the Justin Herbert um, pick six that happened with the Gerald Everett thing where he should have come out of the game. That, I mean, that's another thing. I, I don't really know why the Chargers went hurry up in that situation, and if they were going to go hurry up, I don't understand why they didn't just try to run the ball with Eckler um, at that point, especially with it being third and goal, um, and you get another fourth down play after where you could have reset and done something else. So if the Chargers were going to go hurry up, I don't know why that was the decision um, to go a for a passing play, and then be a passing play to a player who was clearly exhausted um, from from all the usage. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And uh, it, it does, you know, speak to itself. He had a lot of usage in the second half, and, and Gerald Everett really put it all out there. So, you know, you can't. Can't bash him after last night for sure, um, especially after Tyler's pull prediction played. Yeah, it came true, and he actually out-received Travis Kelsey, um, which is not something I really expected to happen. But um, that's all I got to say on the Chargers snap counts. Uh, I did want to talk about some PFF grades, just so we can kind of generally talk about some of these Chargers topics uh, as well and some of the player performances. Um, let me just pull this up uh, from my Twitter. Uh, the, the grades are live on PFF if you want to check them out yourself. Um, but top five chargers offensive grades from Thursday Night Football. Mike Williams in 81.8. Rashawn Slater with a 78.7. Gerald Everett with a 74.7. Horvath, 74.5. King of efficiency, Xander Horvath at this point. Uh, Corey Lindsley with a 71.9. Uh, so obviously that was prior to him coming out of the game uh, in favor of Clap, But ultimately, Rashawn Slater had a really good game especially with Matt Filer kind of failing in this game around him, Norton going down, or sorry, Pipkin's going down in favor of Norton, Lindsley going down, and then Clapp having to come in. Um, uh, You know, I thought that Rashawn Slater and his dominance so far this year and continuing with what he did his rookie year is actually just really impressive. Mike Williams obviously had a big bounce back game, was really uh, impressed with him and how he played. Gerald Everett obviously, you know, Played well until, uh, you know, the snap where, he, you know, he was just exhausted and kind of didn't. And the Chargers decided to go hurry up in spite of that anyway. Um, but, you yeah, know, overall, good offensive game from all of these guys. Uh, I did, however, want to dip into the negative, unfortunately, and talk about the bottom five offensive grades as well. And I want to talk about this for the defense when we get to that as well. Uh, Matt Filer 35.1, Trey McKitty 46.4, Trey Pipkins 50.5. The Trey Pipkins one I actually kind of disagree on because I think he only allowed one pressure in 27 snaps, so I'm not sure why his grade is that low in general. That could also be a, a run blocking issue potentially. Um, but I honestly did not think uh, Trey Pipkins was deserving of that grade, to be honest. Josh Palmer, on the other hand, though. Had a disconnect with Herbert really all night, never really got his you know footing under him. I mean, he did get the touchdown towards the end of the game, which probably raised his grade quite a bit from where it would have been had he not gotten that touchdown. Um, but yeah, um, weird place, weird place that we're at with Josh Palmer at this point, because I mean, we had the issues with Chase Daniel in the preseason where they those two were never in sync. And now Herbert seemed kind of visibly frustrated with some of the routes that Josh Palmer uh, was running last night and and how he wasn't really like going fully through and, and completing the process on some of those routes. And it seemed like that was why they were off the whole night. Um, some people said it was bad throws by Herbert, but to me, honestly, it fell on Josh Palmer uh, last night on a couple of those plays. So um, I'm not terribly surprised by the Josh Palmer grade um and and at this point i think it's fair to say that in terms of usage josh palmer is clearly the wide receiver three but in terms of like who herbert actually trusts i think herbert clearly trusts deandre carter um more at this point and that was evident last night uh and evident in week one as well i just think he's out of sync with palmer and and they need to find a way to get that back on track especially with how important josh palmer is to this offense particularly in a game Ke and Allen is out. Um, so that was um, a bit disappointing from last night. Uh, top five chargers defensive grades um, Asante Samuel jr with an 87.7. obviously the dropped inT probably didn't help his case and he might have actually had a 90 graded game had he gotten that one. Um, but Asante Samuel Jr played really well all night in spite of the the drop picks um, you know and one of them that probably shouldn't have been overturned anyway. But he played really well. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack played well. What's new? Otito Ugbonya actually has a top five Chargers defensive grade from last night on, I believe, eleven snaps. Uh, so he played really solid. So maybe he can finally like start to crack his way into this defensive rotation a little bit. And Derwin James, obviously with the the smackdown of a lifetime on Travis Kelsey on that uh, on that suplex, um, he has a about a seventy grade on PFF from last night, which is which is solid. Uh, Derwin James did his job well last night, especially with uh, how often he had to go against Travis Kelsey and, and limit him and all those things. So overall, uh, good night for these guys on the defense. And I do want to talk about the flip side of that, though, which is, of course, um, you know, some of the, the guys who didn't quite show up on defense as well. Uh, the bottom five Chargers PFF defensive grades from week two, JC Jackson with a 40.1, Drew Tranquil of 44. Uh, 40.5 loki gilman a 43.2 sebastian joseph day of 48.1 and kenneth murray of 48.6 um sebastian joseph day was pretty concerning in this game uh it just felt like he was invisible for large stretches unlike somebody like austin johnson who actually felt got uh quite a few quarterback hits on patrick mahomes and just felt like he was more involved every play um, Sebastian Joseph Day was just kind of MIA this game. And that's that's a little bit concerning, especially with how often, particularly early in that game, the Chiefs were sort of running up the middle and, and having a lot of success. So not the greatest game from SJD. Uh, JC Jackson obviously coming back uh, gets cooked by Justin Watson on the touchdown and, and nearly makes a play to get back you know, in that play. But his hips got completely turned out at the beginning, and he just couldn't really recover after that point. Um, but overall kind of the defensive grades that you would expect, uh, Drew Tranquil's grade is a little low for me. I actually thought he played better than indicated because his run defense grade was actually pretty high this game than 80, but had some bad coverage snaps, which, which dropped his grade quite a bit. Um, but overall, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more from JC Jackson, but at least he got on the field and is kind of working his way back into being that corner. And I think when his feet are under him. Uh, things will be fine and and, and they'll ultimately work out. Um, but yeah, it was just um, a, a little bit perplexing to see all of these things uh, coming to play for the Chargers in terms of their top five offensive guys, their bottom five offensive guys, and then the respective counterparts on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me of the wrap-up. Disappointing loss. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this one in the comments down below. Obviously... Prayers and thoughts go out to Justin Herbert, who will be getting MRIs and everything, you know, scheduled for today. Uh, So we hope that, you know, all that stuff pans out and then he can play against Jacksonville and that he's ultimately okay. So that's definitely the biggest concern uh, leaving the game from last night. But let me know what you guys think the Chargers could have done better to win this game in the comments down below. And let me know if you're concerned. Are you concerned about the Chargers heading into some of these supposedly easier games than the chiefs or there's some long-term issues that need to be worked out with this team so let me know what you guys think in the comments down below i hope this therapy session was good for you and i will see you guys tomorrow as we are doing a a q a on saturday um and then picking some of the league-wide nfl games so that should be fun but uh see you guys tomorrow